Good morning. I am so excited to be here and be doing this with you guys. I'm nervous. This is my very first time. And so I'm very excited. This is truly a dream come true. I knew this day would come, but I could never really see it and actually know that it was coming. And so I'm very excited. And um, before I get started this morning, I just want to thank you guys. I have been here all summer. Um, I've hopefully met a lot of you. I think I have, right? And um, been around. And you guys have just been a home away from home for me. And I just want to thank you. I appreciate your love and your kindness. You guys feel like family now. And I'm so excited to get to share this first experience with you. Forever and ever, when I think of my first time preaching, I will think of you guys. You'll be in my memories forever. Hopefully it's a good memory, right? <laughs> okay, so this summer we've been in a series called Practical Christianity. It's been based out of Micah 6.8, which reads, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So today I want to talk to you about dressing up. So my sermon is titled, Say Yes to the Dress, right? Have you guys seen the show? I think it's on TLC. Maybe some of you about wedding dresses, right? And at the end they say, are you going to say yes to the dress? And the bride says, I'm saying yes to the dress. So hopefully everyone will say yes to the dress by the time we're finished here today. So as we see in the show, times to dress up well, a good time to dress up is a wedding, right? Especially the bridal party. You dress really nice and the bride and the groom pick the colors and everything. Maybe proms. Um, some of the younger ones who haven't made it to their wedding yet, right? Like me. I've dressed up for prom and things like that. Dances. What else? We have Halloween that we dress up for. That's more of a disguise, not to really look nice, right? Well, when I think about dressing up, I think of a time when I was in elementary school. Okay, so my elementary school had this huge auditorium in it, and it was old and creaky and not very comfortable seating, and we always had our um, school talent show in this auditorium. So this particular year, I was probably in third or fourth grade, I'm guessing, and we were sitting in these like wooden seats that would fold down and you, you know you fight with the people next to you for the armrest, right? And we're watching our classmates perform in this talent show. And so they announce the next act and the curtains open and the stage is empty. And we're like, what's going on here, you know? Where are they? And we waited and we waited and we're expectantly watching the stage and looking at one another wondering, where are we? And then... All of a sudden, all through the auditor auditorium, we heard. You guys know that song? The Village People, right? The YMCA? Well, this song comes on, and here comes my mom dancing down the aisle of the auditorium dressed as a police officer. You see, her, she was a teacher, and her and three of her teacher friends decided they were going to be the village people 
for the school talent show. And so they danced up onto the stage, they did the YMCA for us, and the, the auditorium erupted with laughter as we watched four of our teachers dance like maniacs in these ridiculous costumes, right? And so after all of that, at the end of the act, my mother goes running across the stage, drops to her knees, and ends the performance in an epic knee slide like a rock star, right? And they were the crowd favorite. They were amazing. And so recently when I talked to her about this, she laughed and told me that they practiced in the gym showers every day after school because they knew no one would find them there. And it was so much fun. And she um, she told me, too, that as she started coming down the aisle, a police officer was there, and he gave her his hat. And so she wore his hat and did this crazy dance in a police uniform. <laughs> so a lot of the times we dress up to disguise ourselves, right? So like my mom was dressed as a police officer, but we also dress up to enhance ourselves, like at a wedding. So that's what we're going to talk about today, is enhancing ourselves and enhancing our lives. So, the thing is, acting justly and loving mercy and walking humbly isn't easy to do. So, today we're going to look at how to practically work on these things so we can live in the power and fullness of God by figuring out what we need to put on and say yes to. So, first we'll start with acting justly. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 6, and we're going to be reading verses 10 through 18. So here we have Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and this part specifically is the armor of God, which I'm sure most of us have heard of. Okay, so let's read, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, so this passage is about having a, a defense against the evil realm. So Paul states in the beginning that our battle is not against flesh and blood or against people. It's against the dark world. It's against the enemy. He tells us that the armor of God is how we stand strong against the devil's schemes. So what does this have to do with acting justly? I wondered the same thing, right? So... I wasn't really sure if I understood what acting justly meant. So I searched into the Bible for a deeper meaning. Turns out acting justly means to act justly. It was rather simple once I dove into it, right? So 
If you want a great depiction of this, you can look in Isaiah 58, 6 through 11. This is really what clicked with me. But essentially, acting justly means to look out for those around you, right? To clothe the naked and feed the hungry and to take care of the orphan and the widow, right? So it means not to overlook anyone, to take care of those around you. But what about us, right? What about you for yourself? You also need to take care of yourself. So you should act justly and protect yourself. And we need to take care of ourselves and solidify our defense against the enemy. And we can do that by putting on the armor of God. So some of us, or maybe most of us, aren't tapping into the power of God. We need to live like Jesus is in us instead of just with us. Remember, Pastor Mike referenced this last week. We aren't living in the fullness and the freedom and his freedom and the victory of the cross. Because Pastor Mike talked about how if you're with someone, you're with them until you aren't anymore, right? Until you depart from each other. But if you are in someone, if Jesus is in you, then you never depart. You are always together. So we need to put on the armor of God and live like Christ is in us knowing that we are conquerors, not because of what we've done, but because of whose we are. So when you're afraid or hopeless or maybe just in a crabby mood, protect yourself. Call the enemy out on his attack and buckle the belt of truth around you. Chant scripture, put up verses around your office or maybe your bathroom mirror, and protect your disciplines. Focus on spending time with God, praying and digging into his word. Or when you're under attack and you just can't seem to catch a break, Hold up your shield of faith. Paul was making a connection to the Roman soldiers' shields. See, they were wooden and bound with leather and dipped in water. So flaming arrows posed no threat against them. And in the same way, attacks of the enemy will not threaten you when you stand firm on your faith and on the faith of those around you. Sometimes we need to borrow other people's faith, right? That's why it's important to be in an amazing community like we are here. God is good, and if he is for you, what can stand against you, right? Have your feet fitted for readiness at all times, ready to proclaim the gospel to those around you and to praise God for what he's done. By putting on the armor of God, we can focus on how powerful God is, and we can do anything with him. We don't have to be afraid or worried about anything. So do you need to put on the armor of God today? So let's move on to loving mercy. How do we practically do that? Let's turn to Galatians 5, verses 13 through 26. I have a cheat. I put stickers in my Bible so I can flip real quickly. I'll wait for you guys. (laughs) So here we have the fruit of the Spirit. You know, a couple weeks ago we did VBS. Did anybody have kids or grandkids go to VBS? Yeah, some of you? Every time I've practiced this, I've got the Fruit of the Spirit song stuck in my head, right? All right, so here we are starting at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will, be, you will destroy each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So in the very beginning of this passage, we are, called, we are told that we are called to be free. We can be free from sin, from bad things, from worldly things, and even feelings. We don't have to be captivated by negativity or things that don't matter. We shouldn't use this freedom to indulge in the flesh or in our sinful nature. We should use this freedom to serve one another in humble love. The Bible says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, and the likes. Other things that our sinful nature would be would be like things like complaining, entitlement, bitterness, looking down on each other, arrogance, fits of rage. That makes me think of road rage, right? Even being closed-minded or judging others. So what is it that you need to be free of today? Maybe it's one of the things that I listed. Maybe it's not. Just as much as acts of, the, of our sinful nature are obvious, so are acts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. What would the world look like if we mastered these four? Better yet, what would your world look like if you mastered these four? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things take a conscious decision. You have to die to self and decide that God is most important. Maybe this means that giving grace in a situation is most important. Maybe it means that a person or a friendship is most important. Maybe it means being right isn't most important. If we focus our hearts, minds, and lives on these things, we will live a life of contentment and be blessed always and recognize that blessing. Don't hold on to bitterness. Forgive. Don't hold on to fear. Love. Don't hold on to rage. Have patience. Don't hold on to pride. Be kind. Put others first and focus on what truly matters. As difficult as it is to see at times, and for me a lot of the times, material things don't matter. We're free of this world, right? We don't have to keep up with the Joneses or live the perfect life or make sure our life goes the way it's supposed to according to societal standards. We're free from those things. No, we don't have to focus on that. What matters is God first and other people second. So what do you need to let go of today and grab onto to love mercy? Do you need to put on the fruit of the Spirit? 
So we've talked about speaking justice and loving mercy. Now we'll dive into walking humbly. So this time we're going to be in John 13. And we're going to read the very beginning. It's going to be verses 1 through 13. 1 through 15, sorry. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that line so much. He loved them to the end. Jesus loves you to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured the water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet, and their whole body is clean. You are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Okay. So Jesus took on the dress of the lowliest and menial servants. You see, the disciples would have been happy to wash Jesus' feet. He was their master. But they would have never considered washing each other's feet. And their master washing their feet was completely outrageous. Because of that... This was very embarrassing for the disciples. Peter spoke out against it, while the others just sat in uncomfortable silence. So here we get this picture that we should serve others so extravagantly that it's unheard of and a little strange. And while it's weird to think, oh yes, it's good to serve someone so deeply that they're super uncomfortable, I think it's also pretty beautiful. Have you ever served someone in such a way that it caught them completely off guard? It made no sense to them, and they couldn't even believe it. I experienced this on a very large scale on my missions trip to Cambodia at the beginning of this summer. We went and visited um, lots of different ministry organizations, and one of the things we did was we visited a university and helped teach English. And we didn't really teach English we just helped them practice. We had conversations with them, asked them questions, they asked us questions, we played games. I mean, their university students are older than ours. Like, most of them were 25, you know, they were much older than me. So we just talked to them and hung out. And they couldn't believe it. 
They couldn't believe that their professor, their teacher, who's also an American, would bring a group of American students to come hang out with them. They couldn't believe that someone thought they were so special and wanted to spend time with them. And we really didn't do much. We just hung out with them, you know? And yes, you can go overseas and serve, and I encourage you to do so, but you can also serve in ridiculous ways here in America, here in Clemson or Central or Six Mile. While we were promoting VBS a few weeks ago, we set out a tent in front of Walmart and handed out popsicles and um, did free face painting. Free face painting, free popsicles. And just got to hang out with people. It was really fun. And you would be amazed at the people who couldn't believe that it was free. There was one guy in particular who asked us what the catch was and we told him nothing and asked if we wanted a donation and we said no. Finally, he just simply asked, why? And it was so fun to say, why not? And give him and his family popsicles. So there are many ways to serve others. You can serve through monetary donations or food, clothing, school supplies, all sorts of stuff like that. Even just giving someone time can mean something. Maybe a shut-in or a single parent. Or if you have an able body, helping someone do yard work or clean the house or go grocery shopping. All of these things are so special and very practical ways to serve. Maybe you and your family could stand outside a store or a gas station and hand out cold waters, but make sure you ask permission first. (laughs) Each of us have special gifts and talents that make us unique. Some of these things we would never consider serving with. For example, I love baking, and for some reason I'm pretty good at it. And I love giving this gift to families for their kids' birthdays. I make birthday cakes all the time for friends. And I also like to give it to make people feel special. So maybe my friend has a birthday, or I used to do Easter cupcakes for my home church staff every year. So consider what gifts you have and use them to serve others. A lot of times we think, oh, well, this is something I like to do, but there's no way I can serve with it. I doubt that's true. You know, we can get creative. And the thing is, whoever you're giving to isn't going to care so much about what you're giving. They're going to care about the love that stands behind it, the love that you have for them. And I lost my place, sorry. (laughs) Um, So what do you have in physical abundance that you can give to others? Out of great service comes great love, or at least that's how it should be. So don't get this wrong. Make sure your motives are right. In verse 16, Jesus says, No servant is greater than their master. Don't serve someone because you feel like you're better than they are or because it's going to make you look good or it's going to help you out in the end. No, serve because you love them. Serve out of true love, just like Jesus. Do you need to put on the towel of service today? Making people stop in their tracks and ask, Why? I believe that if we work together to put, these thing, put on these things and say yes to the dress, we'll live in the power and fullness of God. Do you need to work on speaking justice or acting justly? Look to the armor of God. Do you need to work on loving mercy? Turn to the fruit of the Spirit. Do you need to work on walking humbly? Grab the towel of service. It's far too much to ask and a little ridiculous to ask, that you work on all of these things at once. That's not how you successfully make a change. So I'm going to pray in just a minute. 
And while I do, I'm going to ask that you search your heart and you ask God to show you what you need to focus on and what you need to put on. What do you need to say yes to? And so I believe that this is the first step to, putting, to living in the power and fullness of Christ, calling his name, believing that he's strong enough, loving others, serving others. This is how we do it. And so I, I'm going to pray, and I want you guys just to ask God, what do you need to put on? Do you need to focus on the armor? Do you need to focus on the fruit of the Spirit? Do you need to focus on the towel? So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and for this opportunity. I pray for change in the people in this room. I pray that as they search their hearts, you will take a hold of their hands and search with them. Let us hear from you, God. Tell us what we need to put on for you. Ask us if we will say yes and celebrate with us when in boldness we look to you and say yes to the dress. Take our gifts, take our struggles, take our lives, Lord. It is all for you. Help us see what we need to work on for the next few weeks. Show us our weaknesses and match it with your strength. Teach us how to live in your power, for we are conquerors in you and in you alone, God. Show us how to live in your fullness, wanting nothing but you. Equip us today to leave here with a plan to be different than how we came in. Thank you for loving us, for hearing us, and for caring for us. We love you. All God's people said, amen. So memorize scripture, memorize songs. The song that we did, This I Believe, I love that song because you just say, I believe this, I believe that, I believe in the name of Jesus. Chant that in times of hardship. Choose to love or be joyful or be patient. Pray in those times of deciding what you'll do. Jesus, I love you and I choose you. It's a battle that can't be won one time but you have to fight and win over and over again. Google different organizations that need help. Come talk to Debbie or Pastor Mike about the needs in the church. Look at your gifting and your abundance. What do you have? Put on the towel of service with your whole family and serve together. Wouldn't that be beautiful? I'm ending early. They told me I would probably do this, right? (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for coming today and for sharing this experience with me. Um, I hope that you heard from God today and you feel like you went to church, right? Thank you so much. Believe and stand in the power of Christ and live as conquerors. We'll see you next week. Go in peace.